0: Let's all stand. We'll read just a verse or two and uh, beginning in verse number nine. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are extortioners unjust adulterers or even as this publican i fast twice in the week i give tithes of all that i possess and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven but smote upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Father, I pray you had touched me this morning in a special way. Lord, I need help this morning. Lord, I, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody here, but I can speak for myself. I need help. And Lord, you're a very present help in the time of need. And I pray this morning, O oh Lord, that you would help me, and Lord, that you would help these thy people. And I pray, Lord, if there be one here that's lost and undone, I pray, oh God, that you would reach across that great divide that separates you and them. And Lord, you had touched their heart this morning and you had draw them unto yourself and help them be saved this morning before they leave. What a wonderful way it'd be to start the new year with somebody experiencing the new birth. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help our church. Lord, I thank you for what you've done, Lord, for our church. And Lord, I thank you for what you've done with our church, Lord, in days gone by. But I pray you'd help us as a church, not to be lukewarm. But I pray, Lord, you'd revive us and help us to get a a fresh vision and a fresh desire, Lord, to do something for you in this coming year. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Um, you know, this morning we're we're walking in to a new year, and uh, I like, like I said, I got saved on New Year's Eve. So I always, in fact, I think I enjoy New Year's Eve more than actually Christmas because that's when I got saved. But we're walking in uh, to a new year. We're walking out of an old year, and, and I want to ask you something uh, this morning. Um, did you leave, are you leaving last year the same as you went into it? Are you walking out of it the same as you walked into it? And, and you know, it, I thought about this. I wonder how many millions of dollars will be spent in the next few days on people who have resolved to make things different in their life. I mean, these gyms are just, I mean, they're just sitting there just... You know, I read a statistic. They said that gyms make seventy percent of their profits in January. And, uh, and, and and not just that, how many people, how many resolutions are there about, whether it be about diet, exercise, whether it be uh, emotional, physical uh, habits that want to be broken, uh, different things of that nature, uh, you know, I, I, there's there's so much money, and, 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 and people read articles about how they can do this, and how they can do that, and by the way, I've got 40 pounds I'll give anybody here who wants it, you boys interested, y'all could use it, but, but, I thought about this here in this text, in this parable, Jesus talks about two men that went into the house of God. One went out the same way you went in, and the other went out different. Amen. And you know, this morning, everybody in the church this morning, you're, going to, you're either going to leave out. When you leave the church this morning, you're going to walk out. At like, either you're going to walk out the way you walked in, or you're going to walk out different. And I thought about going in to this next year as we are in. You know, I hope this time next year I can say that I walked out of it different than when I walked in. I don't want to break your heart. I don't. I don't want to discourage you. I'm not trying to hurt your ego and all that. But I want you to know not one person in here is everything they need to be right now. There's nobody in here who can say I, I, there's nothing in my life that needs to change. There's nothing in my prayer life. There's nothing in my spiritual life. There's nothing in my home life. There's nothing in my church life. I'm the absolute best church member. I'm the absolute best Christian. I'm the absolute best husband or wife or child. I am where I need to be. I, and and, and I, I. there's nothing in my life that needs to be different. Nobody. But this man that left the way that he come in, that was his problem. And, uh, and one man said this, this, the Pharisees have been dead for 2,000 years, but the spirit is still alive. And, uh, you know, I read this, uh, this, this uh, uh, little quote here in a Reader's Digest, believe it or not. It says this, that some Christians are as stubborn as a mule about doing church work but they're sly as a fox in their own business deals. They're busy as a bee in spreading gossip, but as quiet as a mouse in spreading the gospel. Many are as blind as a bat to see the needs of others, but have the eyes of an eagle to see the faults of a few. Some are eager as a beaver about a barbecue, but lazy as a dog about prayer meeting. Some will roar like a lion when things don't go the way they want, but they're as gentle as a lamb when they need the preacher of the church. Some are as noisy as a blue jay when calling for advice, but as timid as a kitten about talking to the lost. Many are night owls on Saturday nights, but bed bugs on Sunday morning and slippery as eels on Sunday night and as scarce as hen's teeth on Wednesday night. That describes a lot of us, don't it? And uh, thank you, Brother Hobbs. They say a bit dog will bark, you know. I'm just kidding. But, but the truth of the matter is, a lot of people go to church and, are, and they never. there's no change. And, and, and I wonder how many times have I come into God's house, and went out the same as I come in. And and so, and the Bible says in verse number uh, uh, 14, Jesus said, I tell you that this man uh, went down to his house justified rather than the other. They both come to the house of God, uh, and we don't know how they got there. Maybe they walked. Maybe they rode in a, 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 a chair. I don't know how they got there. But we know they both left. But they didn't leave the same. One left, the, the, one left different. One left changed. One left justified. One uh, left with the smile of God. One uh, left with the blessing of God. And the other went out just like he come in. Now, now look at me. Look with me here, and I'm, I'm going to just give you these thoughts, and it's really been touching my heart, and I hope it'll touch yours. Number one, I want us to look at these men, and when we look at these men, if we'd all be honest, we see some similarities in ourselves. You know, it's amazing how when we read the Bible, sometimes we we even read it like Pharisees read it. You know, when the Pharisees read the Bible, you know what they were thinking about other people. If you're reading your Bible or if you hear a sermon preached, and, and, and now listen, don't, don't think I, because, hey, I'm, I, we're all in the same place. We're all in the same. But if somebody's preaching and you think, man, I'm glad they're here to hear that. I've had people tell me that back door. Boy, I wish so-and-so had been here to hear that. Yeah. That's the way the Pharisees were. Uh-huh. They'd read the law and they, and they missed the whole spirit of the law. And they read it to find fault with others. They read it to, uh, and and here, now follow me. These men were very different. I mean, you you couldn't find two opposite people. Now now think about this. The Bible says in verse uh, 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. I want you to see this. Think about this. The inspector of these men now maybe your Bible ain't like this but mine is in verse number 10 uh, if you've got a red letter Bible everybody help me Who? what color is the letters in your Bible in verse 10 red so when the island's got red letters uh, now, now I know some people they don't believe in red letters that's between you and God and I'm not, but, but we do know who's the one doing the talking here Jesus Amen. so who is it that is inspecting these men when they come in the door it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know this morning that we're not here alone? Jesus is here. He's in the midst of his church just as he has been for 2,000 years as we gather together in his name, as we lift up his name, as we proclaim his word, as we assemble as a local body. He's the called the golden candlestick up moving around. And guess what he's doing, y'all? He's checking us out. Amen. The inspector of these men was Jesus, and by the way, the inspector of the church ain't me and it ain't you. <laughs> when I used to work at the uh, water and sewer department, we had inspectors. What that meant is they got paid twice as much as we did to do a quarter of what the work we done. You know, they show up when everything was done, and they had this long list, and they get out. And they'd check, I mean, they'd go to spigots and check the pressure on the spigots, and they'd go, and they'd take pictures of the yards if we smoothed them out, and they'd go look at the sidewalks, and, and they'd lay a level on if we had to pour sidewalks where we dug them up, and they, I mean, they'd just they'd just sit and pick, nitpick the whole time, you know, and then they'd tell us everything we need to do over again and leave. Uh-huh. And uh, it didn't take me long to work, to figure out how they worked, you know, you kind of observe them, fellas, and you kind of figure out what they're looking for, and so so what we would do is, Brother David, we'd know when, when we would get done, I was on a, a construction crew. All we did was new water lines and sewer lines and like Murphy, Mayfield and towns, smaller towns, they contract that out. We did, we did it ourselves. We had a backtrack hose and dump trucks and all that. And so what we would do is once the job was done, you're supposed to turn it in for inspection. Well, we'd wait two days, and we'd, I'm talking about we'd go around with brooms, and we'd sweep sidewalks, and, and we'd blow off every fire hydrant twice, check the pressure on them. We'd get in the yards and level them as best we could, and put straw. And, and, and by the time they showed up, you couldn't tell we'd ever been there. And, you know, I was thinking about that and thinking about this. I thought, how come I, how come we come to church and we never even consider that the inspector's going to be here? Amen. I mean think about it spiritually speaking. Yeah. I mean I would we would go to great lengths to make sure there wasn't one speck of dirt on the sidewalk because if there was he's was gonna see it. We'd go to great lengths to make sure every fire hydrant was level. And you understand, we'd go to great lengths to make sure there was no, uh, that the water tested right. We'd go to great lengths to make sure uh, that everything was in order. All the boxes were level. Everything was done just right. Uh, And and listen this morning. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is amongst us this morning. And when we come into the house of God, uh, we ought to think about the fact that we're about to pass by him. And we should want his approval. Now, there's some information about these men. One was a respected man. He was a Pharisee. That name Pharisee means a separated one. These were leaders and role models to the Jews. When they'd go to town, if moms had seen a Pharisee, they'd tell their little boys, hey, you see that man? You need to be like him one day. They led worship in the synagogue. I mean, listen, They, uh, everybody in the community uh, looked up to them. These were what you might call model citizens or model people. Uh, they were that person down the road who everybody talks about. They're a good person. And, and man, they do good and they do right. And, and I've never heard them do this and I've never heard them say that. And by everybody in the whole community, I... Uh, uh, and they were good people and righteous people uh, and Jesus said this they were like why did sepulchers have uh, full of dead men's bones uh, the, on the outside uh, everybody loved them yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but then on the other hand there's a publican a publican if a, if a Pharisee was the most respected a publican was the most reviled you know what the publicans were Tax collectors. Y'all know what time of the year it is, don't you? And guess what they're going to try to do? Collect. Because we've got to protect Ethiopia from all them people invading that country. While we tear down our... Anyway, but I'm not going to get off on that. Republicans, Republicans, yeah, they're bad too now. I guess they all wicked. I'm not either one, to be honest with you. I'm ashamed of them all. But... They weren't for the RIRS, the Roman Internal Revenue Service. Rome would tell them, all right, we need 7% of tax. Whatever you get above that, it's yours. And then publicans would go around and they'd take advantage of the widows. And, the, and by the way, the government has always exploited, exploited the poor and the weak. and that's, They're wolves. They prey on those weak sheep. And anyway, and the people hated them. They despised them. They were thieves, they were crooks, they were traitors, they were extortionists. I mean, they were just plum, they were just plum wicked people. Vile people. I'm talking about one come in a respected man. When he walked in the temple, they said, Hey, make room. Here he comes. The Pharisees come. And then when the other walked in, they said, What? Is he drunk or is he at the wrong point? What? Maybe, maybe somebody's saying, Man, I hope they didn't, I hope he's not here to audit me. I heard about this church where these two brothers went, and they was both real wicked, and they go to church to try to cover up how bad they were, and they was always taking advantage of people, you know, and lying and cheating and, and all this stuff, and uh, they just give lots of money to church trying to cover up, make make themselves feel better. And one of them died, and his brother come to the preacher and said, "Now look." He said, you know how much money we give to the church? You know how what we've done for the church? He said, listen, I, I, I'm going to give you $500 to preach his funeral. He said, but you got, there's only one stipulation. You've got to call him a saint. You've got to call him a saint. Preacher looked at him and said, all right. They come in there to the church or the funeral home where they was having that funeral that morning. Everybody come in. There was all kind of mayors and politicians and everything else like that. And the preacher got up there. and He said, I want everybody in here to know this. He said, that man right, lying right there is one of the most wicked people that's ever lived in this town. He said, he was a crook. He was unfaithful to his wife. He was an extortionist. He was a hypocrite. He said, he'd come to church and put on like he loved Jesus and lie and steal and take advantage of people. He said, I want you to know that was one of the vilest sinners I've ever met. In my now, his brother's sitting out right there just staring at him. He said, but compared to his brother, <laughs> he was a saint. <laughs> I got him. I'm just telling you this morning, there's two extremes here. There's a Pharisee, there's a publican. There was there one that thought more of himself than he should. There was one that when people seen him, they thought highly of him. Now listen to me, I believe we should as Christians want to have a good testimony. We should want to have a good reputation. We should want to, uh, listen, uh, live our lives in such a way that when others see us, uh, they don't see us as someone that that is a detriment to the gospel and a detriment to the church. We should want want to be light we should want to be soft but I want you to know that if all you and I are living for is the opinions of others we're living for the wrong thing so look at these men Then I want you to think about this they both come in very different very different verse 11 through 13 I'm not going to read it for sake of time but I want us to not only should we look at these men but I want us to listen to these men did you know that you can learn a lot about somebody, about how they pray? Amen. What they pray about? Who they pray for? Think about that. A good test for us, is when we, if we don't know where we are spiritually in our own life, when we pray, what's the first thing that comes from our heart? What's the first thing that comes from our spirit? And these two men, uh, listen to these two men. The first thing is, we see there is a haughty prayer. In verse 11, now, this thing just oozes of pride. Look at this. Therefore, the, the Pharisee stood, cleared his throat, <clears> throat> looked around, straightened his tongue, made sure everybody was listening. And he said within himself, God... Can you hear it? I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. Now here it is, or even as this publican. Now something's wrong with you and me if when I'm talking to God, I'm thinking about somebody else. Think about this publican sitting in the back of the church. I mean, it would be, I know Brother Justin will not take this, right? So I'm going to use you as my, it'd be like if I called on Brother David to pray and he wouldn't do this. Uh, And he stood up and he said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like Brother Justin. Would we not all be like, hey, Miss Alice is giving the wrong medicine. Something's off here. That's exactly what he did, a haughty prayer. Yeah. He said, God, I'm so glad I'm not like all these sinners around here. I'm so glad I don't do what they do. <laughs> and by the way, your spirituality is measured more not by that what you do and what, what others don't do or what you don't do and others do. It's more about who you are. Yeah. He said, I don't extort. I don't lie. I'm a just man. I'm not an adulterer. He said, and, oh, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like him. A haughty prayer, a very proudful prayer. He talked about how he tithed. He talked about how much he gave. Oh, I've given more than anybody in this church. Listen to me, that's foolish, yeah. foolish. I've been in churches where people have humble brag. You know, well, the Lord sure has been good to me. Lord allowed me to give such and such to the church. I mean, I, people say that. This is what you give between you and God. And if you give it with the right motive, you don't want anybody to know what you've done. You don't even want your left hand to know what your right hand done. He bragged. And man, he was so proud of himself. I want to tell you something. There's a lot of people, especially where we live in the Bible, churchgoers. And man, they think because they go to church, cause they teach Sunday school, cause they give offerings, cause they do this and they do that, that they're right and that they're holy and they're better than everybody else. Let me tell you something true. True. Listen to me. True holiness always produces true humility. The holiest people I've ever met on earth were the humblest people. The people who were the holiest. I'm talking about people that walk with God, live for God. I mean, uh, uh. uh you know, exemplified the Lord in everything they did, they, if you ask them, they'd tell you, I'm, oh, I'm wicked, I'm nothing. Yep. Paul, well, in my opinion, was probably the most sanctified Christian there's ever been. And he said, I'm the chief of sinners. Amen. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Amen. That's what he said about himself. Yep. Now, now, this man, he was proud of himself. He said, Lord, I'm this. You know, I heard about this, uh, this Sunday school. I'm going to try to keep a straight face, Brother Justin. This has been approved by Brother Justin. I heard heard about this church. They had a Sunday school. They had this one teacher. He was a mean old grouch man. And they give him, because he was so mean, they give him the fifth grade boys. And man, that that was the roughest bunch of boys they'd ever seen in that church. And man, they fought every week. He'd throw them out. He'd send them to the preacher. He'd put them in timeout. He'd threaten their life. I mean, and them little boys, they couldn't stand him. I mean, he was just mean. And And he was trying to tell them one day, he was teaching one Sunday about being a Christian being a Christian how, and how to be a great Christian and how to be like Jesus. How, and, and, and he stopped them boys was cutting up and acting up. He said, boys, he said, I want to ask you something. He said, he said why do you think everybody thinks I'm such a great Christian? And one little boy raised his hand. He said, probably because they don't know you like we do. Yeah. And let me tell you something, y'all. If everybody knew me like I know me, they wouldn't think I'm much of a Christian. And if everybody knew you like you know you and like the Lord knows you, none of us would be coming here sitting there and say, Hey, you know, one man's beating himself on the chest, of the publican, and the other one's patting himself on the back. One of, them's, uh, one of them's got his head bent low, and one of them's got his head held high. Which one do you want to be? He was proud of himself. He said, Man, I'm so good. And by the way, this prayer, got, it didn't go no further than his head. Because right. he wasn't talking to God, he was talking about himself. Right. Now, i got to hurry, but there's a humble prayer. See the difference here in verse, verse number 13? And the publican standing afar off. The old Pharisee, he come right down front and center, got in front of everybody where they could see him, you know. Looked around, you know, and he... he that, that Jesus said they like them. They, them Pharisees love them. Them the they love them high seats. They love they love to be seen of men. They love to be uh, everybody know they're there. You know what I'm saying? Love to know that, that they was that they was that they was there and that that they was about. Now this publican was far different. And I'm not saying people sitting on I'm not that's not what I'm implying. I'm saying that in this temple the Pharisee thought he needed to be front and center, and the publican said I need to stay way back. Do you know what that's telling you about that old publican? He might have been a publican, but he had a reverence for the things of God. He had a reverence for the the you know what went on up there at the front, the preaching and the teaching of the law of God. He thought, "Oh, I I don't even need to get close to that. I don't even I mean, listen, I I I long for uh, the days and I thank God our church is is good about this, but I think we could be better about this about having a respect for the for not only for one another, but having a respect for the house of God and understand that we're in the presence of God. And when we come in, be humble in our approach be, be humble in our heart and realize that what's going on this is sacred, this is special i, I seen last Sunday, these churches this is what they was doing they had snow falling out of the ceilings and singing jingle bells and Rudolph the Red in church and i seen one and the communion table was up there and they had fake snow covering the communion I thought how irreverent is that, how uh, uh, ungodly is that to, to treat these holy things as if if they're just coming yeah. now listen he stood afar off and he smote himself upon his breast and in middle eastern when a man does that and that culture that it was a sign of brokenness and desperation if you were surrounded if you was surrounded in war and they all had their bow and arrows drawn or whatever they used back then spears or slingshot i don't know and you began to beat on it. What you were saying is, you was asking them, you was telling them that you was, you, you was desperate, that, that you couldn't you was done. You was tapping out. That's what that way it was. It was like saying, Uncle, you ever played Mercy or Uncle when you was a little kid and you tap out? You know, my brother and them, they used to just get that little extra twist even after. But anyway, but what he was doing spiritually was, he was tapping out. He was saying, Lord, I. I I took all I can take. I I don't know what to do. All I know to do is bow my head before you. And and he smote himself upon the chest. And he he bowed his head to the ground. And he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. he realized what he was. He realized who he was. He admonished what he had done. He's not bragging about any good works. He's not asking. He's not trying to get public acclaim or... or recognition, but before God, He said, Oh, God, now uh, be merciful on me, a sinner. I'm, I'm wicked. God, that's what I am. Amen. A humble prayer. Think about what He sought from God. He sought mercy. That word mercy there means atonement. He said, Lord, I need you to make atonement for me. I can't make atonement for myself. He said, Oh, God, I need atonement. That word atonement is a word that, de- that, that de- defines itself. If you break it down, it's really three words in, in one word at onement. It means to be made at one. Here's what he is saying, Lord. I feel not only am I standing afar off from the, from the preaching and from the sin, but Lord, I feel like I'm afar away from you. And oh God, I need you to make atonement for me. I need you to, I want to be close to you. I don't want to be far away from you. And listen, what's sad is there's so many in church today uh, that they're in church, but they're far away from God. Uh, they're distant from God. It's not that they're lost. Hey, I mean, if you're lost this morning, you are away from God. Uh, you're simply by the great divide of your sin. But I'm talking about saved people who know God, who've experienced the grace of God, who know Jesus as their Savior, and yet they're living their life as a stranger to Him. He said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Remember, we're talking about leaving different than we come. The reason a lot of us leave every year the same as it was last year because we never get honest about ourselves. You know, a hypocrite, it means to put on or to wear a mask is really what the, um, the the Greek word thespos is where you get that word thespian or an actor, you know. Uh, these kids, I got to make sure I clarify what it means in this wicked world we're living but. Uh, a, 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 a performer that puts on and pretends to be something that they're not. It means literally to wear the mask, to put on a mask. And did you know a hypocrite, it's not just somebody who's pretending to be something they're not, but it's somebody who thinks the person they're pretending to be is who they really are. They've convinced themselves that they are that one that they want everybody else to think they are. Like they say, they're legends in their own mind. If you could have bought this Pharisee for what he was worth and sold him for what he thought he was worth, you'd be a rich man. He thought he was something. He thought, God, listen to this. The difference between these two men is the Pharisee felt that God needed him. The, the publican knew that he needed God. Amen. And I want you to know this, Mark. I don't care how much, how much you, how much you've done. Let me tell you something. God don't need none of us. God don't need me. He can replace me. We're all replace. I mean, I'm talking about. I mean, go. If you get a bucket of water and stick your hand in it and pull it out, what happened? it, it, hey, it goes. It's like it was never there. And I'm telling you, me, I, I've seen many a preacher get to the place where they think it's all about them and it's all, and they're and they they get to the, the, uh, puffing themselves up. And they begin to uh, thinking they're more than they are. And God can take you away just that quick. And it goes for any of us this morning. Uh, listen, God don't need us, but we sure need Him. Amen. I need them. I need him more now than I've ever needed them before. I'll be honest with you. i got two teenage children and it scares me. I mean, it, it keeps me up at night and I've got two other little ones that are headed that way and I'm watching the way this world's going and I'm, and I'm wondering what kind of battles are we going to have to fight? Or what, kind of, what kind of conflict is there going to be? What kind of... Uh, and listen, y'all, we need God bad in a bad way. That's The, the publican knew he needed God. The Pharisee thought God needed him. There's a lot of people come to church and they think by coming to church they're doing God a favor. That's the Pharisees. They had in their mind that they were a gift to God. I want y'all to know I'm nothing. And neither are we, none of us are anything. But he's everything. And and listen. Like this publican, he beat on his chest. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, oh, God. He, you see, this one man, the Pharisee bragged. The publican begged. The Pharisee patted himself on the back. The Pharisee, the publican beat himself upon the chest. Uh, the Pharisee thought God needed him. Uh, the publican knew he, he needed God. And that's the difference this morning is, is the attitude that each one of them had. So, look at these men. Listen to now, now fourteen, verse fourteen. I'm done. I tell you, this man, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. Forever, ever one that exalted themselves shall be abased. And he that humbled himself shall be exalted. How they left. One left dignified and rejected by God. The, the verse 9 tells you it says he trusted in themselves. He had a foolish faith. He trusted in himself. They trust in themselves. He, he. That word trust means to convince. He convinced himself that he was okay. So you see, not only uh, his foolish faith, but see he was a fault. Fi- he left a fault finder. He said in verse number verse number nine, he despised others. What did Jesus say? What law of the commandments did Jesus say? All the law and commandments hang on. He said to love the Lord thy God with all the soul and to love thy neighbor. You see, this man was intended, attendant at the church, but he wasn't paying attention. He missed the whole point of the message. He despised others. That word despise means to think nothing, to think one worthless, to be content, have contempt for others. That was, and he, so, so what I'm trying to say is he left dignified. I mean, listen, when he left, everybody thought, boy, what a prayer. What a prayer. Man, what a Christian he is. Did y'all hear that? He's not a, he's not a he's not an adulterer, he's not an extorter, he's not a, a coveter, man, he's a good man. He did y'all hear he said he ties up all that he has? Dignified. When he went to lunch, somebody probably bought his meal. And, and I mean, listen, throughout the week, I mean he probably everybody said, Man, what a Christian. And when, and when service dismissed and the public went out, they probably thought, I'm glad he's gone. But I want you to know that the the Pharisee went home dignified, but he was rejected by God because he put his faith in himself. He said, I am the one I trust. I trust me. He was rejected by God. The reason many of us leave the same as we come is because we have so much pride in ourselves that we're not willing to admit that we've ever been wrong. The first... Step to getting right is admitting being wrong. So the Pharisee left dignified and he was rejected by God. The publican left justified and he was right with God. Amen. It, you say, How do you know? <laughs> well, Jesus said it. And by the way, we might have voted different. That's why none of us, none of, God ain't called none of us to inspect the fruit, because if, if, if you had the publican sitting here on this side of the church, and you had the Pharisee, and you were to look at them, and you said, "All right, which one do you think's a, which one do you think's real? Which one?" We, you, probably, you, you probably most of us, if we I'm talking about if we just just off of a parent, off of a pier, That's why you can't always judge a book by its cover. Things not are, are not always as they seem, yeah, like they and Jesus said, "This man went home justified." That word "justified" there means innocent. Amen. Innocent. Which one? Had you rather leave this morning dignified and everybody think, "Boy, I appreciate brother so and old sister so and so." They're such good. Or would you rather leave right with God? There's a lot of people they will not get right with God because there's a, they are in fear of, of, of losing the approval of men and because they they're afraid that if they, they if they come and they're honest with God and they're honest about their life and they're honest about what they've done that people are going to think but man I'm not that I'm not the, that great person I've portrayed myself to be I'm not that perfect saint I'm not that 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 super christian that that I've wanted everybody to believe that I am and, and listen uh, th- why does it matter why would we rather be dignified before others instead of being justified before God Amen. I wonder how many people are in hell this morning because of that one thing. Because they didn't, they didn't want to lose their dignity. They didn't want to lose their they didn't want to lose their 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 their, their reputation. Now, here's the thing, I'm done. These two men I believe, represent all of us. Here's the thing. When we leave this morning, we're all going to leave like one of these two men. Either we're going to leave dignified and not be right with the Lord or justified and right with the Lord. You understand? I mean, mean, either you're going to leave different or we're going to leave the same. I'm not implying everybody in here needs to get saved. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just simply saying this morning that we all should search our own heart and say, Lord, which one of these men am I most like? Which Which one of these men reflects me? Am I the one who in my heart realizes I'm nothing and knows that it's simply the mercy of God, and the goodness of God, and the blessing of God? It's not my wisdom. It's not my strength. It's not my ability. It's none of that. The only reason I have what I have and I am what I am is because of God's good grace in my life. And if it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Him, I wouldn't have anything. Or are we like that Pharisee beating ourselves up, patting ourselves on the back and telling others and got contempt in our heart toward our fellow man, uh, towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, think about that. How how awful is that when we as a church family or brothers and sisters in Christ are getting, getting amongst us uh, in the body, in the family, in the meeting, in the church house and we have contempt for others amongst us. That's awful. Yeah. It's awful.